Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Right now, about 500,000 uh, students at uh, community colleges across the province are affected by the latest walkout strike uh, by OPSU. Uh, this is the uh, union, of course, representing, uh, well, professors, instructors, counselors, and librarians uh, working in the 24 public colleges across the province of Ontario. They hit the bricks this morning. We told you this was coming uh, when we uh, had this discussion late last week about a potential for a strike at that time. We uh, asked uh, Jay Robb, of course, communications director at Mohawk College, uh, what are the chances? I said, are the, t- the two sides even talking? And apparently they weren't. So uh, I, I guess it's no surprise, but it's unfortunate that it gets to this point. Uh, and, and well, it's it's often hard in, in situations like this to try to get some clarity on what's going on. And you like to think that, well, this is going to get resolved quickly. But uh, Nicole's work at OPSU uh, doesn't seem so optimistic about it. Well, we put together what was really a final offer that our members could um, could really put forward with sincerity. And we did that yesterday. And the employer has rejected that offer. So there was really nothing left that we could put forward with nothing more coming from the employer. Uh, that employer that uh, to which they're referring is the College Employer Council. Uh, that's the bargaining unit, of course, uh, for the community colleges. Joining us to talk about the state of the negotiations, uh, such as they are, uh, and the uh, the hopes, I guess, to get a settlement on this uh, as quickly as possible is J.P. Hornick, who is the chair of the college faculty bargaining team. And, uh, J.P., I know it's a busy day for you. Thanks so much for taking some time for us today. Yeah, no problem. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Let's let's talk about exactly what uh, the concerns are right now. It's awfully hard to get clarity from from the, the colleges about this uh, because invariably they say this is their best offer. I guess the, you guys were presented with what they said was their final offer. Uh, last week, and and here we are in this situation right now. Is anybody talking right now? Is there any negotiation going on? Uh, no. Uh, so we have twelve thousand uh, faculty members who are out here on the on the picket lines, um, who at all twenty four colleges. Uh, so talks had broken down last night. We had made significant moves to try and uh, get the employer to engage uh, with any of the issues that we had tabled. Uh, they rejected those again, and so we had no choice but to to call for the strike. Uh, interesting. Uh, one of your comments that I saw in the media today, uh, JP, you you uh, characterized the the, uh, the other side's position as a, a Walmart model of education. Explain what you meant by that. Yeah, I think that what's happened now is you have you know somewhere in the neighborhood of three quarters of the faculty are working contract to contract rather than full time. And this is a system that is increasingly built on the backs of precarious workers, and that is not what's stable for our students. It doesn't allow for people to concentrate on what needs to happen in their classrooms and the libraries and counseling services when they're having to reapply for their jobs every few months. This seems to be about um, the lowest possible cost rather than an investment in both the faculty and the system itself. Is that happening in, in just about everywhere, though? I mean, you know, we you use Walmart as an example, and heaven knows we've, we've heard enough stories about some of the precarious employment and the way that employees are treated there as well. But I think there's a perception uh, among many people, probably at this stage, JP, that, well, college professors, oh, come on, they've got it pretty good. They make pretty good bucks, and they may be under contracts, but, but they get they've benefits, et cetera. Is, is that the myth, or is that the reality? Well, that is the myth for contract faculty. Contract faculty uh, uh, make, you know, a third to a quarter of what a full-time person makes for the same work uh, and are living very much uh, paycheck paycheck to paycheck. If this had been a wages and benefits round for full-time people, this thing would have been settled 
um, long ago. Uh, this is not the sticking point for us. The sticking point is actually about the quality of our system and the fairness for all of the faculty who are teaching in it. It is true that uh, this, these are problems that are spreading um, across uh, not just Ontario, but most economies right now. And Ontario has been trying to address these through things like Bill 148, the Fair Workplaces, Better Jobs Bill. Uh, but it's time to stand up and actually call on uh, the colleges to be good employers. With that reality, though, you understand also there's a perception that this government over the years, the liberal government, has been very friendly to educators. And, and there are those who actually think they gave away way too much during the negotiations. Uh, clearly, you guys didn't get that memo. I mean, because uh, you seem to be on the outside looking in when it comes to some of this benevolence. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think that what we have here is that the community college system in Ontario is the lowest uh, funded of any uh, post-secondary system in Canada, and uh, the decisions that are being made with the funds that we do receive uh, are not directed into the frontline services. And so um, we are looking for, and we had asked the employer to join us in lobbying for better funding for this system, but the employer declined to, to join us in those conversations as well. JP, who's uh, on the other side of the table, we understand it's representatives of the College Employer Council. But what, what role does the government, and, and more specifically the Ministry of Education, play in this? Well, you know, the, the, it's the Ministry of Advanced Education Skills and Development that actually funds the colleges and the universities, uh, and they're the top funders. So I think that the role that they uh, have to play is a significant one in having conversations with the College Employer Council about coming back to the table and starting to address the issues. I mean, we have some key issues that are no-cost issues around you know, decision-making and including faculty, administrators, and students uh, having us all work together and making those decisions, that's a fairly straightforward process that exists in every other post-secondary system, you know, in Canada. Uh, so we think that best practice should be put into play here, and the ministry could have a, a very simple conversation with their principals on that. I'm surprised about that, because, again, I heard you mentioning this the other day uh, as, a, as a point of issue that, uh, that many of the colleges were, were being faced with right now. And, and you would have think that, uh, it, you know, in the 21st century that, uh, that everybody would be at the table to, to try to find some common ground and common solutions to some of the problems that these institutions are facing these days. Absolutely. I mean, you would think that that should have been a, a fairly easy conversation to have, but I think it's indicative of this employer's... Uh, you know, current position in relation to the faculty that they, they won't engage with that, ta that discussion at the table or include it as uh, an entrenched principle, you know, in the colleges themselves. Academic freedom is another topic that I've heard discussed. Explain exactly what the concern is there. So academic freedom is really about uh, who makes decisions in the classroom, what textbooks should be used, how grades should be assigned, uh, you know, the best evaluation methods for reaching that and, and ensuring that the students are learning uh, what they need to in terms of the course outcomes. And right now, uh, those decisions uh, solely rest with um, administrators when you get down to it. Uh, faculty decisions around grades can be overturned uh, or we can be have it dictated about the best way to teach. And this is often done by people who haven't spent any time in a classroom to begin with. Well, not just in the classroom, but I would think that that policy uh, that you've just described to us right now seems somewhat contrary to the whole mantra of community colleges in the first place. 
is the uh, the person at the front of the classroom there is supposed to be the one that's got the expertise in whatever field uh, uh, that they're teaching right now, uh, plus teaching experience right now. You'd think that there'd be a little more credibility given to their position in that circumstance. I would agree with that entirely. And uh, what we're saying is that uh, basically we should have this included as a right for all faculty to ensure that that quality of education and that expertise uh, can be maintained and, you know, shared with our students. I mean, it's a basic principle in quality education. How far apart on you? I understand that th 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 there's no discussion going on right now. But, but given the response that you had, and you're right there at the table, JP, as these discussions had been going on, uh, and you're seeing the, not just the official reaction, but you're looking at the body language and, 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 and the reaction of the, the people on the other side of the table right now. Do you, do you get the sense that there's a willingness to try to find some middle ground here, or this, is this just going to drag on for, well, God knows how long now? Well, you know, I, I hold out significant hope that there will be uh, some movement from the other side and that uh, they'll come to their senses and come to the table and actually engage with us in these conversations. Um, uh, it's really the ball is in their court now. If they want to start having a talk about how the colleges could work better and address faculty issues, we'll be there in a heartbeat. But, um, you know, until then, unfortunately, we'll, we'll be out here on the picket lines trying to fight for better conditions for our students. Are you waiting for the phone to ring right now? Are you waiting for that phone call to say, let's get back together? Well, I, I hope so. I will have my phone with me at all times waiting for that call, absolutely. Is, is there a list of priorities right now? Because you've talked about a number of issues right now, which clearly are, are, are very important, very relevant to, to what's going on with uh, your membership at this stage. Uh, but it's kind of a wide and varied membership when you look at this, too. Professors, instructors, counselors, librarians. Uh, and, and, and all of them having uh, probably some common needs, certainly, and common desires to try to move this thing forward. But separate issues uh, germane only to their particular departments, too. That's, that's a pretty wide net to cast right now. How do you try to incorporate all of those, uh, all of those concerns uh, when you're doing negotiations? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, our negotiations are done through an incredibly extensive consultation process over a period of months in which, uh, you know, representatives from each of those faculty groups uh, and each of the college locals come together to set demands and set the priorities for what's going forward in this round. And what we've done is uh, really made sure that we have put forth things onto the table that address concerns from each of those groups. So, and for the full-timers and for the partial load folks that we represent. Uh, so, you know, when you look at things like collegial governance, when you look at things like uh, the duration of contracts, we looked at workload for counselors and librarians. These were all things that were key concerns for our members. But the one that was number one this time was the no-cost item of academic freedom and collegial governance. That's interesting because uh, it, it seems to me as if you're the latest in, uh, unfortunately, a growing number of, of people that are raging against the storm of, of part-time employment right now and, and contract work. And it just seems to be the way things are going in both the public and the private sector right now. And uh, uh, I, I don't know that, uh, that we're going to make a whole lot of headway in doing this right now. Everybody seems to want to complain about it. We don't seem to be getting a whole lot done about it. Well, what's interesting about that is I believe that that tide is turning. When you look at things like the uh, Bill 148 and those discussions that have been happening, they've really raised the public awareness of precarity and that kind of contract work spreading across every every single service in public sector. Um, and it's starting to hit people at home. Everyone knows somebody who is working contract to contract, who's having trouble finding jobs, who's having trouble making ends meet. 
Uh, and, you know, what I've seen from our students already and from uh, parents and people in the community, they understand what we're out here for. And it takes a system like ours. We have the ability to make this stand. It is our responsibility to actually be out here and to put this out with our students. I, I will say this. I applaud those students. Uh, there's a couple of guys at Hummer College, paramedic students, who have put a petition online. It's already over 40,000 you know, signatures saying that, you know, they should have their tuition reimbursed for the time that we're out on the line. And, you know, there's another group of students that's calling on administrators to donate their day-to-day -day salaries for every day that we're on the line into student bursaries. Those kinds of actions of solidarity, of people supporting one another, those are clear messages that people understand the issues, that they understand that we need to work together in order to make the change that we want to see in the system. Do you find, though, that uh, in the years you've been involved in this sort of thing, JP, that what it takes is something like this to, to have an impact on somebody's family or somebody's uh, relations or loved one to say, okay, now maybe I'm not so ambivalent about this now because now it's having an impact on that kid or, or on that, my son or my daughter? Absolutely. I think that these things raise that awareness. And uh, the minute that, you know, the initial uh, response is sometimes anger or fear or anxiety or frustration, but once you start to dig down a little bit into the actual issues that are facing us, uh, it becomes a clear uh, what we have to do in order to make any sort of change. So, you know, I think that uh, the folks really get it. The, the way things are going right now, the students are concerned about this, and you're right, we've already talked about and reported on CHML here about the students that are, are demanding a, a rebate uh, on, on uh, tuition fees. I'm not sure how far that's going to go right now. But, but to that point, uh, how long can this go on? How long can both sides stay not talking? How long can they go on like this? I mean, it's October right now. The weather's not too bad. I mean, that can be a factor in situations like this. At some point, I'm, uh, I know students are concerned about, uh, about losing classroom time. I don't know about losing the whole year, but of course, and I'm sure the instructors are worried about that too, because they realize that at some point they're going to have to go back to work and they're going to be told, well, uh, you've got six or eight weeks to make up or six or eight, I don't know what it's going to be, but that's going to put an awful lot of pressure on, on the instructors and the system. Yeah, so what I can say about that is uh, it's impossible to predict the length of, uh, of any strike action. Uh, to some degree, that's on the colleges to, to say that they're going to make some movement and have discussions about these issues. Um, but in the history of the college system, there have been three other faculty strikes, and in none of those uh, instances has a student lost their year. The uh, education minister, uh, Duff Matthews, the, also the deputy premier, of course, is in the legislature right now, urging both sides to get back together, uh, which I guess is what you'd expect them to say today on day one of the situation. Ultimately, another uh, card that they can play here right now is is ordering you back, uh, and that's that has happened in education situations before too. Is that a concern to you? Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely a concern. I think that the uh, we have a ways to go before the government would likely intervene in that way. But, I mean, we are here to have these discussions. We are standing strong on the, the position that we need to make improvements to the system. We think we have a good plan for getting there, and we just need the colleges to come and work with us. And any help we can get from the government on that would be welcome. J.P. Hornick, who is the chair of the college faculty bargaining team with OPSU uh, in uh, day one, of uh, their 
walkout. Well, it's not a walkout at this stage, obviously, but a legitimate strike uh, against uh, the uh, College Employment Council and community colleges right across the province impacted by this. JP, thank you so much for the time. Uh, hopefully thank this you. doesn't go on too much longer and uh, we can all get back to our jobs. I agree. Thanks so much for having me on. Appreciate it. We'll uh, do a short time out. 500,000 students impacted by this. That's full and part-time, obviously. And uh, we've heard from many of those uh, students over the last couple of days since we had our conversation on Friday about what was going to happen and the impacts, uh, not just here at Mohawk, but, of course, the community colleges right across the province right now. And and that's one of the, the concerns that doesn't get a whole lot of uh, time in, in, in the conversation at this stage. It's uh, it's one thing to say that no college student has ever lost their year at a community college uh, work disturbance uh, over the years since the early 1970s when community colleges came into vogue. But there is the concern about increased workload and trying to accommodate uh, curricula, et cetera, uh, in a shorter time frame. And that can be problematic for the students and for the instructors, too. So hopefully this doesn't go on too much longer. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.